we're going to consider Simeon's song. And it was Simeon who held the baby Jesus in his arms and said, well, I'm ready to die in peace. So let's just read the section. You'll find it in uh, the church Bibles in Luke chapter 2. And you'll find that on page 1028. 1028 in these church Bibles. 1028. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 21, uh, from 25 to 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now, all babies are special, obviously. Uh, most of them are cute. Occasionally, you get one that's really ugly, and you're digging deep to find something positive to say. Oh, it's a baby! But most of the time, you know, you can find something positive to say about a baby. But I've yet to hold a baby and say, that's it. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to leave this earth behind. For I have seen this wonderful baby. Have you ever seen a baby like that that made you think that? So what was it? What was it that Simeon saw in baby Jesus to say such a thing? Well, tonight I want to point out three things that he saw in Jesus. Uh, Three things that can prepare us to face death with peace and confidence. And the first thing that we need to realize as we look at Jesus is that we are seeing the king. Old man Simeon was uh, living his life really expectantly. He'd been waiting for God to keep his promises. Uh, This week I met a lady who was 101 years old. Um, I didn't realize she was so old until I saw uh, the card from the Queen placed prominently on the side table. Born in 1908. Isn't that amazing? Now, when journalists tend to interview interview people who've made it that far, they ask something like this, now, what's the secret for living such a long life? Now, if you'd ask Simeon that very same question, he would have answered, by depending on God's promises. That would have been his answer. 
Uh, some promises are hard to keep, aren't they? One year, a father asked his daughter, what would you like for Christmas? I'll give you whatever you want. And the little girl quickly answered, I'd like a baby brother. And to her great surprise and wonder, nine months later, her mother brought home a little baby brother. Well, the following Christmas, her dad uh, came to her again. What would you like for Christmas? I'll get you whatever you want. And the little girl thought and slowly answered, well, if it wouldn't be too uncomfortable for mummy, I would like a pony. Now, that's a tough promise to keep, isn't it? And and for many people, God's promises would have looked uncertain because they'd been made hundreds of years before. But actually, Simeon was holding on to these promises. That's what we're told in verse 25, that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. God had promised to come and comfort his people by sending his servants. God's Holy Spirit had also made a special promise to him, it says in verse 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He would see that king that God had promised so long before. The king that would rule over all other kings. The king that would usher in a golden era of everlasting peace and freedom for his people. And God said to Simeon, your own eyes, with your own eyes, you're going to see this king. And that was what sustained his long life. He was waiting for the day that he was going to see this king. I wonder how many days, how many months, how many years had he gone to uh, the temple and thought, well, is this the day I'm going to meet the king? And Simeon found himself in the temple with a young married couple carrying a baby walking towards him. We don't know what it was, but something inside him, he knew this was the moment. This was the one moment his life had been lived for. This was the one big memorable moment of his life. And as he takes the baby Jesus from the arms of startled parents, he bursts out this amazing carol, this, this song of verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, do, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon looks into the face of this baby and he knows he has seen God's promised king. God's promises have been fulfilled. The king of God's world had come into the world. And the reason that we're still sort of thinking about Jesus and singing about Jesus is because he is still the king. And that's the first thing we must see if we're going to be ready for our death. Um, As we look at Jesus, we we need to realize that he must be the king who rules over our lives, our boss, the one we look to, the one that we say, well, he's in charge of my life. He's the one I'm going to look to. Uh, That moment that um, uh, it, it dawned, um, oh, there we are, I kept my brain, Sam, how can I not remember Sam's name? The moment that Sam, the, the lights went on, that Jesus is God, well that moment of dawning realization changes everything. If he is God, then that changes everything, doesn't it? I know that there's someone greater than me, higher than me, that I need to live for, that has authority over my life. And as you, if you were to take the time to read on in Luke's gospel, you'll see Jesus um, healing the sick, 
controlling creation, commanding demons, calling men and women to follow him. And most astonishingly of all, after being crucified and killed, three days later he gets out of the grave. We should be in no doubt that the king of God's world had come. And no enemy can stand in the way of this king, not even death. And he calls you and me into his joyful service. And Simeon recognized that sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. I wonder, have you recognized Jesus as your king? I wonder what it is that you're living for. Uh, Who is it that you are serving? And I want to just suggest to you that if, if you're living as if you are the most important person in life, then you are living in a delusional world. For there is a God. He has come in human flesh that we could know him in Jesus. And we will all face death and we will all face this God that made and sustained our lives. And Simeon kind of recognized that the, 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 the answer that really brought joy in life and peace in death was to recognize before God that Jesus was that king. Now what about you? Have you come to see this in Jesus? Or are you just basically ignoring him? So how could Simeon be so happy about facing his death? Well, like Simeon, we need to see a second thing about Jesus. We need to realize that we're also seeing our Savior. Look at the end of verse 29 again. You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes, verse 30, have seen your salvation. He's looking at the baby and he's saying, my eyes have seen your salvation. He, he knows that this baby is the rescuer. Uh, we've had an amazing year of thinking about rescuing, haven't we? The most uh, amazing moment this past year for many, I think, as we think about the news, will be the, the rescue of those miners in Chile. There they were, trapped 2,000 feet underground, and there was nothing that they could do to save themselves. Tragically, we had another mining disaster in New Zealand where we couldn't recover the people. And the horror of that event shows how amazing that event in Chile was. There was nothing they could do to save themselves. Their only hope was if help came from above, from outside of themselves. They couldn't dig themselves out. And after 17 days, first contact. uh, On that day, as as a tiny boar came into the very chamber where they were, they knew that they were saved. Feeding tubes went down, messages, contact with the outside world. And it took another six weeks before that rescue was completed. And those memorable scenes of that rather weird-looking capsule going down and coming up. And the joy of rescue. Well, that's what thrills Simeon's heart. God had sent a rescuer. As, as he holds the baby, he realizes this is his first contact. There was no doubt that the rescue mission had begun. You know, the Bible says that we all need to be saved. That our failure to put God at the center of our lives, our failure to acknowledge him as king, means that we are under his condemnation. That we face his judgment as rebels. And that there is a judgment day coming. And that we need to be saved from that judgment day if we continue to keep ignoring him. But because of God's love and generosity, he has sent 
a savior. He sent a rescuer, Jesus. And if you read on in Luke, as I said earlier, you'll find out that this baby grows up to be a man who lives the kind of the perfect life that none of us could live, and yet who dies in a cross like a criminal. And this is a rescue mission where Jesus dies in the place of rebels and sinners. He swaps places so that we can be treated as forgiven people. We can receive amnesty and right relationship with God. And Jesus is not just for churchy people. He's not just for religious types. He is God's provision, a savior for the whole world. Look at verse 32. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. That's the non-Jewish world. A light for revelation to the whole world and for glory to your people, Israel. To face death without knowing God's salvation is total darkness. But Jesus, the Savior, is the one who kind of throws the light switch on so that we can know God as our Savior. And we're wasting our time trying to find God in any other way or any other way into his eternal kingdom. It's Jesus. And Simeon's eyes had seen God's salvation. And that's why he knows he can die in peace. And that's what Simeon wants us to understand. So he sings this carol. Jesus is the one that we can trust with our life and our death. And to know Christ as we face death makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. I lived in Australia for three years as I studied theology, which is why I've got a really weird accent. You're sitting there thinking, that's a weird accent. Yes, it is. It's been all over the world. It's been to America and Australia, and it's very deformed. And uh, anyway, I was in Australia for three years, and um, one of the guys I met there was a Chinese-born doctor called John Leung. He was a successful heart surgeon living and working in Hong Kong. He grew up in a Buddhist family, uh, who was uh, an incredibly wealthy family. It was the sort of family that owned banks and other financial institutions. But two deaths changed John's life forever. He watched his wealthy, successful father die a miserable old man. And a little while later, he watched his mother die. But her death was so different. She died with peace, with contentment, and even faced the prospect of her death with joy. And the contrast was so perplexing for him that when she died, he picked up the book that was always by her bedside table, on a bedside table, and started reading it for himself. Well, it was the Bible. And he too came to know why she could face death so peacefully. And he too put his trust and faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he was at Bible college with me because he wanted to spend the rest of his life uh, to go and tell people about this news that means that you can face life with joy and face death with peace. I don't know where you're at in your understanding of God this night, but if you've never read a gospel, why not give it a go? in this year ahead. Why not give it a try? Try that same experiment and start reading one of the Gospels. Uh, during our Sunday evening meetings in uh, 
2011, we're going to be working through John's Gospel. Why don't you come back and listen in? Why not start reading John's Gospel for yourself? I think this is too important to leave it undone. Because the third thing we need to realize as we consider Jesus is that we are, uh, we are seeing our hearts as we look at Jesus. See, as Simeon hands uh, the baby back to his parents, he says something quite disturbing. Look at that, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. The way we react to Jesus will reveal our hearts. Now right now, deep within you, you'll either be feeling great joy at what I'm saying or you'll be feeling very uncomfortable and agitated. Because Jesus polarizes people, especially when you come to terms with his claim upon our lives. But not only does Jesus reveal our hearts, but he reveals our destinies. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many. You read on in in Luke's account, the Jewish people either reject and hate Jesus and want him dead, or they accept him as Savior and they follow him. And that's true for all people, Jew or Gentile today. And Simeon says this prophecy, those who reject Jesus will fall. See, to reject Jesus is to reject the only rescue that there is. But those who accept Jesus as Savior and King, as Simeon did, they will rise, they will be given eternal life. And Simeon's carol really is a song of joy, but it's also an invitation to know this joy in life, to know this peace in death by receiving Jesus as our King and Savior. Have you done that? My friends, if you haven't, I would urge you to do that and make this the best Christmas of all. Amen. I'm going to close with this benediction and then we're going to sing a final carol. Thank you for coming this evening. Uh, 